Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Colgate Sports Newsreel with Ronald Reagan, pinch hitting for Bill Stern. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shaker Man is far away. For this is his vacation, time to rest and play. And for the night, well, he's away to take his place. We're glad to say we'll bring you Mr. Ronald Reagan. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, Bill Stern starts the last week of his vacation. He'll be heard next Friday night at this same time as always. But tonight, since Bill is still on his vacation, pinch hitting for him is the famous motion picture star Ronald Reagan. We'll be speaking from St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica, California. However, before we begin tonight's transcribed program, may we make it very clear. Bill Stern will be back next Friday night at his regular time. In a moment, Colgate Shave Cream will proudly present the famous star Ronald Reagan pinch-hitting for Bill Stern, America's greatest collector and spinner of sports stories. Tonight, Ronald Reagan is broadcasting from St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica, California, where he is recuperating from a broken leg. But before we present Ronald Reagan speaking in person, here is a word to the wise. Man, if you have one of those tough beards or tender skins that make shaving troublesome, you owe it to yourself to try Colgate Brushless Shaving Cream. Try it on this swell proposition. There's one buck cash says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. Yes, the first few shaves will prove that Colgate Brushless actually delivers the smooth, cool, comfortable shaves you're after. Here's why. Because it's light and fine textured, Colgate Brushless completely surrounds, softens, and supports each bristle better than greasy, heavy creams. No matting down, no clogging. Your razor doesn't skid or skip when you use Colgate Brushless, but cuts through clean and smooth. Almost instantly, you'll see and feel the difference that light, fine texture makes. When you use Colgate Brushless Shaving Cream, even the toughest whiskers sweep off at the very touch of the razor. Clean, close, and smooth. And there's no aftershave rawness or tenderness. Your face feels comfortable and refreshed. Remember, there's one buck cash says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. Get a large or giant-sized tube or jar and try it one week. If you are not convinced Colgate Brushless gives you clean, easy, comfortable shaves, mail the carton top to Bill Stern, care of Colgate, Jersey City 2, New Jersey. We'll see that you get $1 quick. Buy Colgate Brushless Shaving Cream tomorrow. And now, pinch hitting for Bill Stern, here is the famous movie star Ronald Reagan, speaking from St. John's Hospital in California. Thanks, and even though I am broadcasting from a hospital, it gives me a bang to be able to pinch hit for Bill Stern tonight be able to try to spin those wonderful sports stories from his fascinating sports book. You know, I used to be a sports announcer myself. That's why the first story I'm going to tell tonight is about another sports announcer, a fellow from Philadelphia named Bob Allman. One day when Bob was a youngster, he was playing with a bunch of kids in the freight yards in his hometown, Frankfort, Pennsylvania. In order to get across the railroad track, Bob decided to climb over a freight train that was standing still. Steadily, surely, Bob climbed the ladder to the roof of the freight car. But then, suddenly, as he started down the ladder on the other side, the train began moving. And before the boy knew what was happening, he was knocked off the ladder and hit the ground with a resounding thud. For days, he lingered between life and death. But then one day, Bob opened his eyes, and the doctor looking down at him said, This boy's going to live. He'll be all right. 
Any other boy who'd been in such an accident might give up sports, but not Bob Allman. As he grew older, he went in for swimming, if only to make him forget the injury he'd suffered when he fell off the freight train. And then one day, he appeared before the athletic board at the University of Pennsylvania, where he'd enrolled as a freshman. He spoke to the head of the board. Sir, I'd like permission to try out for the wrestling team. Are you sure you can do it? Sir, I want to give it a try. Don't you think I deserve a chance? Of course you do. Okay, son, you'll get your chance. Bob Allman went out for the freshman wrestling team. And he astounded everybody by not losing a single match. Then the next year, Bob Allman made the varsity wrestling team. During three years of varsity competition, he won 44 out of 58 bouts against the toughest wrestling competition in intercollegiate circles. When Bob Allman graduated from the University of Pennsylvania, he was recognized as one of the greatest wrestlers in the history of the college. So, when he decided to become a sports announcer, everybody agreed that Bob would make good in his new field because he was such a hard worker. Well, that's the story of Bob Allman, a fellow who became one of the greatest wrestlers in intercollegiate history and who went on to become a great sports announcer, despite the fact that he is totally blind. Ladies and gentlemen, Ronald Reagan is broadcasting from a hospital in California where he's recovering from a broken leg. Since we're speaking from a hospital tonight, it seems only proper to tell a story that almost reached its climax in another hospital. Another hospital right here in California, too. For this is the strange story of a jockey. His name was Ralph Neves, and he was one of the most famous jockeys in the turf world back in 1936. And he was never afraid to take a chance to score a victory. One May afternoon in 1936, Ralph Neves was scheduled to ride in several races at the Bay Meadow Track near San Francisco. In the third race of that day, he had a leg up on a six-to-one shot named Fannikins. As the horses came down the stretch all bunched up, Fannikins suddenly tripped. Ralph Neves was thrown violently to the ground. And as he fell, the flying hoofs of several horses hit him hard. People in the stands screamed in horror. There he lay, unconscious, apparently dead. Quickly, Ralph was placed on a stretcher and carried to a hospital room. A doctor was hurriedly called to examine him. And when he came into the room, he looked at the little jockey and said, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do. This jockey is dead. And so they covered up the body of Ralph Neves with a sheet. They started carrying away the apparently dead jockey when suddenly the corpse under the sheet stirred, moved and sat up. The men carrying the stretcher stopped horrified. They thought they'd seen a ghost come to life. Jockey Ralph Neves wanted to know what had happened, and when he was told that he'd been declared dead because his pulse had stopped, he said, You're crazy. I'm okay. Well, I'll be riding again tomorrow. He went out and rode the next day, and he won that race, too. And that's why tonight we can call this tale the story of a dead jockey who came back to win a horse race. But other men have done other things after they've been dead. That was especially apparent in the career of George Gipp of Notre Dame. You see, I should know because I had the great privilege of playing the part of George Gipp in the movie Canute Rockne All-American. So tonight I should like to tell his story. Old-timers say there never was a greater football player than George Gipp. There wasn't a thing Gipp couldn't do and do well on the football field. He could and did kick a 52-yard field goal, or he could rip through the line with a half-dozen tacklers hanging on his back. He was so great that as a football player, he never blundered. It would be nice to say that George Gipp was ideal as a man as well as an athlete. But it wouldn't be quite true. George Gipp had original ideas about training. Only the wisdom of the great Canute Rockne, his coach, kept him in line. And so it was that when the football season of 1920 rolled around, George Gipp was the star of Notre Dame. 
It was his senior year at college, but shortly before the final game of the season, he fell ill and was sent to the college infirmary. More than anything else, he wanted to play in this last Notre Dame game. And so that night, when the Notre Dame special train pulled out of South Bend, Indiana, on its way to the Northwestern game, George Gipp was on board. He had sneaked out of the infirmary and convinced Coach Canute Rockney that the doctors had given him permission to take the train and play in the game. Rock was not entirely convinced that George Gipp was well. But when the game started, the Gipper was on the bench, huddled in blankets. It was cold. All through the early part of the game, Gipp sat on the bench and suffered. The football fans in the stands, not knowing how sick he was, thundered his name and called for the great Gipp to play. Finally, in the last quarter, he begged Rock to let him play. In went Gipp, and during those few minutes, he played the greatest football of his career. But when the Notre Dame team returned to South Bend, George Gipp was sicker than ever. They put him in bed in the college infirmary, and he never left it again. As he lay there, the whole school stood outside George Gipp's window in the deep snow drifts and waited for the hospital bulletins. Two weeks later, he died when the silent watchers knelt and prayed in the snow. On his deathbed, George Gipp turned to his coach, Knut Rockney, and whispered, Rock, sometimes when the going is tough, when the odds are against us, ask a Notre Dame team to win a game for me. Ask him to win one for the Gipper. Several years later in the Yankee Stadium, a beaten Notre Dame team, torn with dissension, was playing one of the great Army teams of all time. Trailing at the half, Rock called his team around him, men who had never known George Gipp, and told them the story. The story of how George Gipp had died in his arms and asked him to tell the boys to someday win one for the Gipper when the going got tough. Well, boys, said Rock, today is that day. Late in the game, Notre Dame began to move. They started on their own 35, and yard by yard, the fighting Irish worked the ball deep into Army territory. Until finally, Jack Chevany crashed over for the winning touchdown. And as they carried Jack Chevany off the field with an injured leg, and had you been close enough, you would have heard him say, that's the last one I can get for you, Gipper. And so George Gipp, in death, went on winning football games for Notre Dame. When George Gibb died, he became a legend. His teammate, Hunk Anderson, took what remained of George home, and they buried him in a little graveyard in the mining town of Laurium, Michigan. The years have passed, and many snows have fallen on that grave. But George Gibb is a living memory to Notre Dame. And every fall, the memory glows with new life as the fighting Irish of Notre Dame go on to win one for the Gipper. Yes, as I said before, hope and courage are not confined to any one field of sports. Indeed not. You find them in all walks of life, just as in this story which began in 1926. That was the year an unknown 19-year-old youngster left his native town of Rochester, New York and landed on the campus of the Pennsylvania Military College in Chester, Pennsylvania. He wanted more than anything else to make a career in sports for himself. He made the college polo team, and immediately the team lost 20 straight games. He made the football team, and that team won only one game out of 19 in two seasons. He played baseball and basketball, and these teams also were failures. And yet these failures did not rip from this boy's heart his love of sports. He wanted to be part of the sports world, and despite his early failures, in time he did become a sports figure. For in time, the former athlete became a sports announcer. He began to live a strange, fascinating, miraculous life. He was guided by a lucky star. Airplane crashes, boat sinkings, train wrecks, auto accidents. Nothing could stop him. Nothing could stop him until this kid from Rochester 
became the most famous sports announcer in America. His name? Oh, yes. His name is Bill Stern. You can't beat Colgate's proposition, men. There's one buck cash says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. And you can't beat the wonderfully clean, smooth, comfortable shaves Colgate Brushless gives you. This shaving cream really solves the tough whisker problem. Here's how and why. Because it's light and fine textured, Colgate Brushless completely surrounds, softens, and supports each bristle. Better than greasy, heavy creams. No matting down, no clogging. Your razor doesn't skid or skip when you use Colgate Brushless, but cuts through clean and smooth. As the secret men, that light, fine texture of Colgate Brushless spells fast, easy, close shaves and real skin comfort after the shave. Get a large or giant-sized tube or jar of Colgate Brushless Shaving Cream. Use it a week. If you're not convinced it makes shaving right for you, we'll send you $1. Just mail the carton top to Bill Stern, care of Colgate, Jersey City 2, New Jersey. Remember, there's one buck cash, says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. I just received this wire from New York. Bill Stern has been sick in a hospital in New York City and will not be able to take over the program next week as he planned. To pinch hit for him will be Tex and Jinx, and Bill will make an appearance on the program from the hospital where he's convalescing. Good luck to you, Bill, and I know all your listeners wish you a speedy recovery. It's been a lot of fun for me tonight, and if Bill Stern heard this program... I hope he liked it as much as I like doing it. Good night. Thank you, Ronald Reagan, for a splendid job. This marks the fourth and final week of Bill Stern's vacation. But don't forget, next week, same time, same station, with Bill Stern now in the hospital, as Ronnie Reagan just told you, pinch hitting for Bill will be Tex and Jinx. It's new, it's amazing. An ammoniated dentifrice that helps prevent tooth decay and tastes good, too. That's Colgate Ammoniated Tooth Powder, created in Colgate's research laboratories. Colgate Ammoniated Tooth Powder contains the revolutionary ingredients that help prevent new cavities in a dentifrice that tastes refreshingly minty, foams freely, cleans teeth effectively. Get Colgate Ammoniated Tooth Powder now. Economical four-ounce size, only 43 cents. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man is far away. Next Friday night you'll find him here and hear him say, Good evening, every one of you. I'm glad to be back here with you. Next Friday night you'll hear Bill Stern. C-O-L-G-A-T-E. Read Bill Stern's sports surprise stories appearing every month in Sports Magazine. His latest, A Strange Tale About Guy Lombardo, is in the August issue. Remember, Sport Magazine, on your newsstands now. Ronald Reagan can currently be seen starring in the motion picture The Girl from Jones Beach and appeared tonight through the courtesy of Warner Brothers. The Bill Stern show tonight was transcribed and came from St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica, California. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.